This is the Gospel for Life, where we have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. Around the table today is Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Jonathan Van Hoogen from Dayspring United Reformed Church, Vinnie Hanke from Valley Life Community Church, and Ryan Hemphill from Treasure Valley Reformed Presbyterian Church. To catch earlier broadcasts, just search The Gospel for Life wherever you subscribe. To find out more about this ministry and about our annual conference, go to ReformationBoise.com. Welcome back to The Gospel for Life. We are working our way through some principles of progressive Christianity, not so that you embrace them, but so that you can recognize them and be able to respond biblically to some of the error and mistruths that represent some of the um, principles of progressive Christianity. Um, Michael Kruger wrote a book entitled The Ten Commandments of Progressive Christianity, and not to judge... Going back to our last show, but that's just—it's just an awful title. Kruger is a great guy, great um, writer and, and speaker, but he needs help with the title because he's responding to the Ten Commandments of Progressive Christianity. And so, if you just see the cover, you're thinking, "Oh, this is a book that's mm-hmm. going to promote progressive yeah. Christianity." And so, I, we want to be clear: yeah. we are not promoting progressive Christianity. Hey. We think it's a danger. We think it's a threat. But that might be the point of why it's titled that way. Oh, to be... People would look at it on the shelf and be like, ooh, yeah, I want to read this. Oh. Get home and be like, under, I've underestimated. Maybe. More subtle. Hmm. So if you're listening, Michael, and you want consulting on your book, next book title, yes. you can email us. And email us at thegospelforlifeidaho at gmail.com. Good job. I think I think he's actually one of our <laughs> listeners. I'm pretty pretty sure. Pretty sure. Probably record some yes. over again. So we are on commandment. That was air quotes for those that couldn't see. Um, commandment number four of progressive Christianity, which is simply that gracious behavior is more important than right belief. Or to say it differently, what matters is is not what we believe, but what how we behave. So how do we respond to this? And once again, there's going to be some nuggets of truth here, but gracious behavior is more important than right belief is what they're going to assert. How do we respond? I just think this is a false dichotomy. Behavior is always a reflection of what we believe. Um, Yeah, there shouldn't be a either or proposition. It's a a both and. Yeah, and and I think the gracious beliefs, so like one of the great rubs I have against kind of ref- the reformed crowd is is that sometimes we who believe so strongly in the tenets of grace can become some of the most ingracious people mm-hmm. and we should be the most gracious because of what we believe and so for as christians if we believe in a god who reconciles lost sinners to himself acts and deals mercy uh, with mercy and grace toward those who have offended him then we must be merciful people but it's it's got to be rooted in what we believe about god first mm-hmm and I think they can be a, a trap for for some of you know, especially you know, as, as we read you know the old reformers and we see you know some of the things that they write are pretty you know in your face and don't come across as too gracious. I think uh, what I try to remind people is is that 
and they were writing, they were predominantly writing to a particular audience of their peers. And, uh, and so you could see even how Paul and Jesus dealt with those who should know better. They were a little bit more, you know, forceful, but with your average everyday person, we're called, you know, Paul says we're to speak with grace, a season with salt, and can see how Jesus dealt graciously with, with, with people who, you know, we're on a, on a different level and it takes wisdom. But yeah, we are, are the element of truth in here is that yes, our behavior and our speech needs to be predominantly, you know, gracious. We should be dealing graciously with people and uh, not beating people over the head, but we must be rooted and grounded in the truth and not compromise the truth. And this is just another version of uh, of the whole deeds, not creeds kind of statement where people, you know, uh, where they, they'll say things like, um, you know, service unites and, and doctrine divides. divides yeah. You know, actually, actually, the whole thing is, is, as you pointed out, you can't separate these two. We, we are what we believe. Yep. Mm-hmm. Now, I can say that my experience has been that I have encountered those people that allow for this false dichotomy, that you meet those people that are, quote-unquote, champions for truth, that are some of the most ungracious people that I've ever met, where I agree with them 100% with their, their theological mm-hmm. positions but I almost disagree with them 100% on how they go about posturing and interacting and declaring those truths. And so I can see where some of this materializes because I've been around some of those people Mm -hmm. and it can come across as, wait, what? Yeah, we should be patient. We should be gentle. We should be kind. Those, you know, the, we ought to deal with them in kindness. It's the kindness of God that leads to repentance. I was. I think the, those elements flow out of the when our doctrine becomes devotional for us. That mm-hmm. is when the truth of God moves us into worship and moves us into humility and moves us into repentance. So I, I know the same people, Russ, who, who mm-hmm. man, I would one hundred percent agree with them theologically, but their their behavior, it, it feels like there's a disconnect between their head and their heart in terms of their their, their doctrine has not moved them to humility. It's it's moved them to pride. And that mm-hmm. it's, it's it's pharisaical. It's it's the wrong place. In uh, Titus chapter two, you know, Paul giving instruction to Titus begins, but as for you, teach what accords with sound doctrine. And the text goes on to talk about how people are to live within the community of the church, being humble to one another loving towards one another, encouraging one another, building one another up, showing this these, these examples of love. And again, he ends this chapter with declare these things and even says, and rebuke with all authority. So it's to be done with a spirit of love and gentleness and humility. But the doctrine, the word just means teaching. And the teaching is to instruct our behavior and be evident in our life. Yeah. First Timothy one five, Paul's encouraging Timothy to provide instruction against false doctrine and false teaching. He says, The goal of our instruction is love that comes from a pure heart, a good conscience, and a sincere faith. Mm. Right? All, all mm. rooted in, in gracious behavior. We are called to speak the truth in love. And mm-hmm. so if it's not this is creating this dichotomy that scripture doesn't know 
Jonathan has made reference to a book, The Letters of John Newton, in the past, and I, I would highly commend the book. I think it's just such a useful book. It's been helpful for me over the years. And one of the letters in there, John Newton is writing to a friend of his that is engaged in an argument, and Jonathan can jump in whenever I get off the rails here and correct me, but the gist of it is that John Newton is writing to him and say, saying to this this man, I know that you're going to win the argument, but how you engaged with the person that you're opposed with matters. And so I don't want you to win the argument and in the end lose because of how you engage with the person that you disagree with. Yeah, I think that you could probably look up his letter. Um, it's called, I think the letter is just t- titled On Controversy. It is, yeah. And uh, it's just a great a great uh, example of how we engage the world you know with truth and and with uh, this sweetness to us you know and he reminds us that when we are talking to someone we're not just talking to that individual but we are also talking to their friends and their listeners and you know what you put in writing is going to be read by somebody else and you know you should make sure that you are clear but you you want to make sure that you're not allowing for too much to be read between the lines. Kruger has written an article about an RTS in Charlotte has taken the position that, that they want to be a seminary, that, and they use the phrase, winsomely reformed. Mm-hmm. And that has gotten some bad press as of late. Um, I think it's it's a generational bad press because at one point you know it was a really good thing to say that you wanted to be winsome. Now it's now it seems like you're saying you want to be wimpish, and mm. uh, and I mm. think that that's the that's the rub because people change their view of language. You know, I used to say I want to be charitably reformed. You know, it used to be said that people were terribly reformed. You know, and then they yeah. just they would just come down the throat of anybody that di- disagreed with them. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be charitably reformed, but that's the same thing. Mm-hmm. All these things, these views, we have to be careful who we're talking to. But the the whole idea is that you can't you can't separate our behavior from our belief. Yeah. And the, there's an orthodox belief that we believe in the good works and the good charity and the winsomeness and everything else that we want to talk about flows from that, flows from our true faith that is in accordance with the Word of God, and, and it's done for God's glory. And if we keep those things in mind, I think that that's the way we move forward. It's so important for our, our beliefs to be the foundation for our behavior because because otherwise we get anchorless. Mm-hmm. What's going to determine gracious behavior if not what I believe or define gracious to be? Who, who's left to be the arbiter of that? You might say mm-hmm. I'm being ingracious to you, and I might say, no, I'm being very gracious. Well, who's, who's to decide if not the foundation of the truth between mm-hmm. us that we share? Mm-hmm. And those that hold this pr- to this principle uh, need to understand that this itself is born out of a particular doctrine. Mm-hmm. And teaching and belief, there so it's it, yeah. it, it's their behavior and how they're viewing the world is born out of what they've chosen to believe. There are two problems. There's the problem of love without truth, and there's a problem with truth without love. Mm-hmm. You know, we ha- both of them have to be be there. And all this goes back to when you know, in the progressive mind, you know, this deeds or or behavior, whatever it is, it's all about moralism. You know, in the end, they're the, the they're the moralistic ones, and the not the not the true believer here. It's just like the Pharisees. You know, they were the they were the ones that were committed to moralism, and their moralism didn't make them more gracious. Mm-hmm. 
this reminds me, about nine years ago, I came in, out to Idaho to candidate for the position now I, that I serve in. And, and I remember saying in that interview, I don't remember what prompted the comment, but I had said, my experience has been that I've been involved with churches that have gotten their doctrine correct and other churches that were great at loving one another. I said, but I've rarely ever experienced churches in my life that did both well. And, and that really is kind of a sad commentary. That, that re- and I think that's why this has become so powerful of a, of a position by progressives, because you do see this, this tension where it does feel like churches either are great at doctrine and bad at love, or great at love, but not good at, at doctrine. And I think that's shame on us. We need to do a better job of making sure what God has joined together stays together. Mm-hmm. Right belief and right behavior. And it's not an either or, it should be a both and. I, I, like, uh, I like something that Dorothy Sayers wrote in an article called Creed or Chaos. And she says, take away theology and give us some nice religion has been a popular slogan for so long that we are likely to accept it without inquiring whether religion without theology has any meaning. And yeah. so I, I think that, you know, as, as Vinny pointed out as he read First Timothy, keep a close watch on yourself and on your teaching. That's what, we need both. Yep. Well, we are going to continue working through Michael Kruger's book, The Ten Commandments of Progressive Christianity, which is this response to really what I think is a, a pretty substantial threat to the, the truths of the Word of God and the truths of, of Christianity. So we hope that you'll join us again tomorrow. See you then.